Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's Marilyn and Bruce of Montage Duo. We are a versatile musical act that performs music from the 1940s to today. We cover a wide range of musical genres and styles, including classic rock, pop, country, funk, blues, and even a little jazz. So, if you're looking for professional quality entertainment in the greater Phoenix area, either for an intimate acoustic setting, or a rockin' full band sound, Montage Duo will please you and your guests, engaging them to join in the fun by providing an interactive entertainment experience. For more information, visit our Facebook page at Montage Duo. And here Hi. we are. Hi. Hello. How are you? Oh, you know, um, busy week, but doing pretty good. I'm here. Didn't hey. say that. We both made it. We made it. We're, we're both here. It. Yes, we we're all, 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 all here. All three of us are here. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like a miracle. It especially feels like a miracle after all the tech stuff we just went through to get to this moment. So... Yeah, um, five whole or maybe six or seven whole minutes of trying to connect Zoom and Facebook and making them play nice. It just no luck. Successful. No luck. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna no blame Facebook. This time. Oops, sorry. Blame what? Facebook because I blame Facebook for pretty much all my technical <laughs> problems in life. So just stick with the story and you know have that be the thing. I totally believe it. It's all their fault. I agree. <laughs> so. I don't know if you've been feeling it this week, Katie, but I don't like to be like, oh, I'm an intuitive person that's really sensitive to energy and blah, blah, blah. That's not my vibe, right? <laughs> However, the energy in the world the past week, like what the heck is up? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's been kind of a one thing after another for me. So I know what you mean on a personal level. And then, you know, in terms of like what's out there in social media world and cause that these days, that's kind of our world, right? I don't know right. about you, but it's where I get right. most of my interaction and news. Um, that's been just insane. I mean, the, the weekend had so much crazy stuff happen that I'm beginning to think there's gotta be something else out there going on. Because it's been crazy stuff. Maybe we need to find somebody that could like talk about astrology and that kind of thing with us. Ooh, Sharon, got any connections? Hmm, I probably do. Let me write that down. Yeah. Because there has to be something energetic happening in the world. But I cannot accept that this is just reality. <laughs> I heard someone say that the 2020 is like, well, a couple of things. He said it's like trigger fest. And he said, it's like an ayahuasca ceremony without the benefit of shaman for the world, right? We're all just like in it and like, what is going on? No one right. this. And then the other thing, this is um, Panesh Desai. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He does a daily call to call meditation at like uh, 6 a.m. Arizona time. Um, I'm usually like horizontal for it, but I like to, jo to join in. But he's also very funny. And he said, um, 
He said, 2020 is like that sitcom that's in his fifth year and they're just throwing like everything at you just to keep you interested, you know? <laughs> just keep you paying attention. You know, I've never heard, I haven't heard that, but now that I think about it, it feels like we're in Lost. And oh, okay. I don't know if you ever watched Lost. Uh, no, I saw it. No, I saw it. No. I so in Lost, it was so fascinating because they start out the show and uh, there's a plane that's crash landed on a deserted island a thousand miles off course. No one will ever look for them there, that sort of thing. But then, you know, every couple of episodes, some crazy new thing happens. Like there's a smoke monster that comes and kills people. And then all of a sudden there's the Dharma initiative that had landed here. And then there's a magnetic field. And then there's, uh, it turns out that like there's a time travel like thing going on and people can see people who are Boy, dead on this island. Like a million whoa. things where, where it's just like every time you hit a layer where you think like, okay, this has to be as weird as it gets, it gets weirder. So. I feel like we're living lost right now. Yeah. That's my theory. <laughs> Great description. Now I have to watch it. Yeah. Maybe just continue to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Same You're thing. watching. <laughs> Live and in action. But you made an interesting point, Katie. You said, you said that like, yes, like on a global level, there seems to have been some weird stuff this whole year. But personally, just in the last week, I feel like everyone that I've talked to this last week has been more intense than normal. Yeah. <laughs> normal. Way more intense than normal. Totally what is normal for 2020? All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are we establishing a new normal? Jeez, I hope not. Um, I hope not. You know, personally, I've had a few, few things happen that are normal because weird things happen to me normally anyway. Um, but some extra things, I think I told you a little bit, Beth. So we were out on the boat on Saturday night and we were with another couple and their two kids. And so it was us and our child and uh, we're out and we're having a great time. And all of a sudden some storm clouds start to form a little bit, but of course the radar says nothing. Right. And so my husband's like, well, you know, I think it's going to pass. And so we're probably fine. I don't think it's going to come here. It's going South. It's good. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, I think it was five minutes. We happened to be in the middle of the lake, like really far back. And it was like five minutes. The skies just got crazy and opened up. And all of a sudden we are in the middle of the lake and visibility is at zero and it's nighttime and it's starting to rain and the waves are starting to go. Like it's crazy, you guys. It was so crazy. It was the longest 15 minutes of my life. And I'm so proud of my husband. He just got, got us back to the boat dock, not without running a few things over, but at least they weren't people because there was nobody else out on the lake. And uh, we got in and like first try, got it into the dock, which we have a pontoon boat. So when it's really, really windy, there's a lot of surface area on the sides of that thing and it just gets shoved around. So he did an absolute ninja job. I, we ran up, um, the other girl, her name happens to be Katie too. We ran up to the cars with the three kids and just got on the cars and, and the boys covered up the boat and everything was fine. We ended up being totally fine, but it was the scariest moment of my life. And like, we're not, we just got a boat, but it's not like, you know, we're all novice boaters either. So it's not like we were just out, you know, not paying attention to what was going on. It happened that fast. So that's my crazy story for the week. I have a few others, but that one takes the cake. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
are you feeling shaken still? No. Um, once we got off and feet were on dry land, it was like, okay, deep breath. We learned a lot. Um, never going to do that again. Even if we see a little bit of storm cloud coming, because look with your eyes, not on the radar, right? So we still have eyes. We can still, we have brains. We can see things. But the second things start to get dark, yeah, we'll, we'll be much closer to the dock this time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I also had a really stupid week. Uh, Good description. For lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah, great description, right? Um, my kid made national news, so there's mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my son has autism, and he, according to the school, we chose not to have him ride the bus, even though the bus told us that he's not allowed to ride without a mask, even though he's autistic. Uh, and they weren't going to move unless he was wearing a mask, and he can't wear a mask, and so we had to take him off the bus. But they didn't kick him off. They We chose to take him off. Of course you did. But that's, that's one thing. Um, yeah, and so... That was a really, really stressful experience for him, and he was so upset he, about not being able to ride the bus. So I'm like, okay, run, get in the car, go get in the car, and daddy's going to take you to school. And this has never happened like this before. He's tried to run a million times, but he's never, like, not, never not noticed he was running. Um, but he actually ran away. He had to call the police. A neighbor found him. Um, he had chased after where he saw the bus go, and he'd gotten about a quarter of a mile away before he was stopped. And yeah, and he runs really, really fast. And so uh, he had a pretty traumatic experience, and then he got to go back to school the next day, and the school had fixed. <laughs> I don't know what they fixed. But our kid gets to ride without his masks now because he is autistic and they are admitting that that can be the case now. Um, and so anyway, he, but he had been so stressed the day before. We've, we've seen this happen several times in his life where if he gets really stressed, his immune system tanks. And uh. So uh, Friday, he was just really tired. So I kept him home from school. Saturday, he got a fever. Um, Sunday became apparent he had hand, foot, and mouth. Um, and then yesterday we had talked to a, a provider who thinks he also has scarlet fever at the same time. And so he um, just, they, we just had a mobile lab come and do the strep test and a 90 something panel strep uh, DNA, I don't know, all sorts of stuff to see if there's like different strains of strep that could have gotten it anyway mm. and so uh i'm pretty over this week this past week uh i need it to not continue yeah. anymore but uh it's it's like sharon it's like you were saying that there it's like we are just having every triggering thing we can possibly have thrown at us which is why when we were thinking we need an, uh, a guest for this episode, I was like, oh, we need Sharon. Like every single piece of every, <laughs> I, I like how you said, when I messaged you, you said all of your inner children are excited. Yeah. I feel like I have lots of inner children yeah. triggered to no end right now. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, we, we just need you. <laughs> so tell, tell, us, tell us about what you do, how you got into it. That's okay. Well, first I'd like to share, um, I've been a little bit unplugged this past week. I've been doing a challenge with, um, uh, American Wanderlove. I've been connected with them previously and done some breath work and other, other things with them meditation, yoga type things. They do adventure retreats. Haven't gone quite that far with them, but they were doing a passion to purpose um, five-day challenge. And I'd already been getting into the inner child work and I'll kind of jump back to that, but I kind of got even more focused in on it. And they were like, what are you passionate about? What, you know, what lights you up? And so I was doing the things I'd been to the park to do a play date. Um, I was like journaling a lot. We did some breath work and like getting into it and, and super focused in on it and then I and then I get your message and I'm just like okay I guess this is what we're doing we're doing the inner child thing full on like universe is like boom so I think I was first introduced to inner child work gosh like maybe 20 maybe 20 ish years ago I don't know one of the many therapists that I've had along the way and I remember a yellow book I don't remember who wrote it I think I gave it to a sister of mine and I never got it back but I remember it being really really hard to connect with the inner with my inner children or inner child at that point, but it was really helpful work and hopeful work. Um, and I was bummed because I had an insurance change and I couldn't keep with that therapist. And so that kind of got dropped. Um, it was about four years ago. Uh, my life was at rock bottom. I had, whew, um, I hadn't been able to work in several years. Uh, my depression and anxiety that had been lifelong um, got to the point where I couldn't maintain work. Uh, I was living with my parents in my 40s. Um, I'd applied for disability and gotten rejection and, you know, did the, all the things to try and get it and ended up not getting it because I, I come across as, I always came across as like I had it together, but I didn't have it together. And what ended up happening is I ended up um, having to go off my meds cold turkey because my family, my dad said, there's nothing wrong with you, you're just lazy. Um, I'd been on these meds for years, maxed out on three anti-psychotropics. Anti, uh, and uh, like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just lazy. You don't need these. Um, cold turkey. Don't recommend. <laughs> yeah, no. So at the time, because of the economic issues, if you were an adult, but you didn't have dependents, you couldn't get on access. You couldn't get on Medicaid. So I had no resources for that. And uh, months later, not kind of like it's a little hazy, uh, because at that point when I went off the meds, I couldn't play a hand of cards. I'd do the first hand of... Um, what is it? Phase 10. I could do like two sets of, couldn't do one. I had no brain capacity. I don't know what I did all the time, but I was just a zombie. Um, but I, not long after that, I was able to get, um, get on access and get some help. And I saw someone, only time I saw them, and I went in telling my stories, they were asking the questions. I went from crying to laughing, to crying, to laughing, to crying, to laughing. Just like things we get in 10, retreat to humor. And they interpreted it as, oh, she's rapid cycle bipolar. And I was like, okay, whatever. They, um, they put me on one of the medications that I thought might've helped in the past. And it did to a point. And I was able to then get services. Um, anyway, uh, around the same time, somebody that I knew through the church, you know, I told her what had happened and she helped me get on uh, a nutritional supplement that was good for, she said it was good for mental health and energy work with me. And and then uh, I did some courses with her and I did some stuff through the mental health system based on the work of Louise Hay, you know, love yourself, heal your life, affirmations, like 
and so that, that was super connecting into the child and neuro work and things like that. And I thought I was, I thought I was good. I thought, you know, we're coming out of it, but I had a few crashes after that. What ended up happening is um, I connected with some people who went to this school called the Institute of Healing Arts. It's based in Utah, but we have sort of, sort of a satellite campus here. Looking around at different types of energy work and things, I felt drawn to help people as I had had some healing at that point. Um, and I ended up finally going to a free preview. And I was so struck by how complete it seemed. It includes so many different parts and it, into, it creates a sort of a, a wholeness. There's a wholeness to it that I didn't see in anything else that I'd been exposed to at that point. That um, the next thing I knew, I was actually started school the next the, the very next day. So yeah, like wow. when the universe spoke to me, there I was. So, so there I was, and that was, it's a year program. And we do something that was at the time called uh, emotional release processing. They've now changed the name to in, the IPT, Integrative Processing Technique. Um, and so I might use the two interchangeably here. Um, but it's really interesting because it utilizes muscle response testing. Are either of you familiar with that? Mm -mm. Well, I know because I had a session with you, but You're right. not entirely. Okay. So it's also known as muscle testing or there's another word for it that's not coming to me at this particular moment, but it might in a minute. Um, the classic example, so the idea is that the, the body has wisdom. There's wisdom within our own bodies. And we use this, this muscle response testing is used sometimes by naturopaths or chiropractors or body workers. And the classic example is if you were to hold like a fresh organic apple in, in, your, in one arm, in one hand, put your arm out like this, and then the other one out like this, then the, the facilitator would, would apply pressure. If I can stand up here without unplugging. Um, so over here, I've got my apple, right? And then over here, I've got, they're going to apply pressure and I'm going to resist. Okay, they're going to apply pressure and I'll resist. And then if that apple is something that's good for my body, right, then I'm going to be able to resist that pressure. Switch out that apple with the Snickers bar. That's got things that's not, not good for our bodies. And that same level of pressure, you're not going to be able to resist it. And so your arm is just going to go, well, you're going to be like, what's going on with that? You know, it's just going to go like that. It's going to bounce. So we use this muscle response testing to access wisdom from the body, primarily to access an age of decision. So when you come to a session, uh, typically you come with an intention, but we can always ask the body, like, what's the most important issue that you're dealing with here? Uh, what needs to be addressed for, for you to experience joy and optimal, optimal health in life? Um, but we come with an intention. It could be like, I'm having pain in my body. I'm having interpersonal issues. I have this habit I can't break. I'm feeling these emotions I don't know how to address. And we go to the body and we start with, um, let's say you're 50, I'm 50, you go 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 9, 8, and it's going it's to bounce. You can't see, it's going to bounce. Like, okay, so that's the age we need to go to. And then we um, ask some other questions like who might, who's involved and just ask um, about some emotion points um, and to see if, like, is this the right age? So we use that. And then as we go through the session, there are sorts of different pieces to it that we kind of go through. But, but you were connected to that inner child to find... What, what are the story, what are the beliefs, what are the stories about life and the behaviors that we've used to compensate as children that we carry to adulthood that sort of helped us then, but are kind of holding us back now and aren't really working. So. Oh, interesting. And uh, what, what kinds of things come up typically in the sessions that you do? Do people typically, is it usually like 10 or is it any age range that usually shows up? That oh, the age range? Typically, it's under 10, most times under five, 
but it can be anything because I've done so many now older ages come up 18 27 you know things like that um, but for people who are new to it you're usually going to go to a young age I actually as a student I was going to go pre-earth life that was fun wow first first session I'm a student we go pre-earth life all right okay all and guess right, what right. it all worked interesting so it, it has me instantly thinking <laughs> Uh, and I know that this isn't true and I know it's just a story and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but I was a really weird kid, right? Like, uh, why does that not surprise me, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like sitting on the playground as like a five-year-old kid looking at all these other kids running around, like screaming and playing and t playing tag and yelling and whatnot. And I, and I remember thinking like, this is so juvenile what are they doing and so uh and then i also remember like uh it, even younger than this i i believe i was like four i remember just sitting there and i was contemplating something that like i now understand to be simulation theory which is such an advanced thought for a four-year-old especially when it's not something right? that you're really taught or, or anything like that and so um so when I think about like tapping into my inner child, you know, most people, they tap into their inner child and it's this like lighthearted, fun, playful, uh -uh. anyway, that's how I understand okay. it, <laughs> interpret it. But like my inner child was never, you know, I, I've, I've gone to events where they're like, let's act like kids. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. This is what I was like as a kid. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm curious, your instant reaction to me saying like, the inner child is playful and fun was no. No. Tell me about that. Um, I have, so you see my pictures in the background, right? That yeah. I've painted. Um, no, I was pretty serious as a kid and there was some trauma and drama going on in my family. Um, and I, there was sort of, sort of a triangle, a, a, a drama, a drama triangle, if you will, going on here. And persecutor, dad rescued, um, Sharon victim and uh, I was the second daughter uh, sorry the first daughter the second of six children once we all once we all finally arrived on the planet um, but yeah no I I, I mean yeah I, I, all kids play but um, that 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 uh, relaxed able to just kind of let loose have fun that come, doesn't come easy for me it, it's actually really hard for me which is why I was it came up in this challenge um, it's connecting to that um, playful part and what they were teaching us in this challenge is like that's where your energy comes from and your drive and that connection universal energy or god or whatever you want to call it is that playful part of you and, and if we're always so serious all the time and as adults you know the work is never done you know and and if you're me or if you're like me you know it's like well i can't play because i need to do x y x y and z but then i don't want to do that and so you know, it, because of the, because of fear, because of overwhelm, because of, you know, whatever judgment I'm giving it. So instead I'm scrolling on Facebook or Insta or, you know, just reading or, you know, some people it's Netflix, you know, so we, we, we're avoiding, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to, to play. At least that's my, my talking about myself. Interesting. Making me face all sorts of weird stuff. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Katie, you so, seem like you have something burning. Yeah, because I feel like, so I know, because as you know, Sharon, we had a session together. So I know what happens during a session, but I have a feeling that our audience members right now, at least one or two of them is wondering, okay, so what does it look like when we do a session and like what, 
kind of take us through, you know, obviously you don't probably want to get into detail, like super detail, because we'd be right. here for probably a little while, but <laughs> a while, um, take yeah. us through just roughly like what are the, the bullet points of the session? What, sure. how do we begin and where do we end? And, and what does that ending look like? Like, what have we gone through? And we can use mine, for example, if you want. Can I have you give us one more detail, which is sure. why do people choose to come into the session first? Why people choose to come to the session? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people come to this kind of work because they are stuck. Um, they don't know where to go next. At least for me, it's like I was so stuck and I didn't know where to go next. And like, I can't be where I am anymore. Like it's, it's not, a, it's just the, the anguish or the pain or the frustration, the anger, whatever it is, is just, you know, so there's something, something's gotta, gotta give. Right? Um, I think you asked me at your amazing event last May. Um, thank you for that because that was the first time I went on Facebook live. Um, so thank you. Yay. Yay. Oh, that makes me happy. Um, I think, I think I would have said, I think I did tell you like that I'm here to women who've been in lifelong or years long depression and anxiety to, to heal and break free and find joy or something like that. Um, right now I'm, I'm kind of shifting how I'm seeing things right now. I'm in service cause that there's growth and there's been progress there and I have my LLC and things like that. But like, as far as like making the business kind of fully flow, um, I'm leaning and learning and leaning and learning into a different way of doing things. I'm in service to love. I'm not in service to a problem that has to be solved. I'm not in service to the parts of you that are broken. I'm not in part, there's an, in fact, I had a big experience like two weeks ago and what came through in that experience was there's no part of you that is, there's no part of me that is yucky or wrong or needs to be repudiated. Then I had to go, I had to look up repudiated because where'd that word come from? But you know, it needs to be like, you know, like, uh, disavowed you know there's no part of me so I'm not in service to any part of you that's broken I'm in service to love whatever wants to come through in love then I am here for that I can tell you why I did yes because um I think I told you Sharon but I see Chrissy Gagnon uh, for mm -hmm. Reiki she's so amazing and yes so I mean Reiki's like a big old hug for your for your energy. I don't know, but that's how I feel when I meet with her. And so she kept saying, you know, you got to talk to my friend, Sharon, there's some stuff down in there. There's some stuff, there's some stuff. So I finally listened to my, my Reiki gal. I love her so much. She's really brought me through some things and, and has shown me, um, a lot of amazing ways of looking at things and, you know, obviously working with energy and whatnot, but I had this problem, this just, problem for you ever. I mean, I'm 41 years old and I've had it ever since I can remember where I will get ridiculously triggered when I feel like I'm not being listened to. Ridiculously. And so Chrissy's like, probably should talk to Sharon. So after the like 25th time, <laughs> Chrissy goes, you should probably talk to Sharon while well, I ended up connecting with Sharon. And Sharon, it wasn't an easy thing to, to get me to the table was it and i think i even no. told you i was like look i'm scared shitless of this yeah and then what happened <laughs> well so. sharon was super gentle with me and ended up you know because i think she could probably sense that i needed the session just as much as chrissy could sense it and we i ended up deciding that on my 41st birthday that was going to be my gift to myself and um 
we can talk about my session if you want to, if you want to use it as an example, I'm totally fine with that. But I will tell you that I, I don't, we haven't really connected uh, much since no, that just, happened. Just a few messages, yeah. Yeah, and I will tell you that that trigger is a lot less intense, like by a long shot, a lot less intense. So, so what does what does that session look like? I guess like just going back to Katie's question. And so I don't um, I remember all the details of your sessions. But I'll just kind of give an, what an example session would be like. Right now, I had an office. We all had offices at one point before this whole COVID thing. Over right. here's on a do list in Downey, so four minutes from my house, and I love that place. But for now, I'm doing sessions remotely over the phone, and I've been doing sessions over the phone since I was a student. So the way I do the work is that I start out with talking to you usually ahead of time. But what is your intention? For the, for the session. And, and then um, I make sure that, you know, my, my energy is clear and connected and shielded. Um, I connect into your energy and then I'm inviting angels or guides, whatever your belief system is, you know, ancestors, whatever, to hold a, a space for the healing and to, to uh, help us help through it, to guide me through it. And then I use the muscle testing uh, and my intuition to collect information from you. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to muscle test for, you know, the age of decision, age of origination, um, who's involved, and then these emotion points, fear, frustration, overwhelmment, confusion, frustration, self-image, and we'll see resentment, control, need for approval, judgment, guilt, shame, sadness is out of control, and burden, and that's a lot of things, and it's a way to, to confirm that we're the right. Um, two years old is an age that comes up a lot. There's a lot going on for age two. So once we establish the age of decision, and we're going with the example of age two, like I said, that does come a lot. Um, I invite you to bring energy down to the heart, be in a relaxed state. A lot of times what will happen is that a, a client will immediately go to um, a memory or being, be able to connect and maybe even see the child, see what they're wearing, what they're doing. Not always. Um, and if nothing comes up, it, it amazingly also works. But oftentimes an emotion will come up so what we do with the emotions um, is that we allow them to, to come into the body, to body and then be expressed. So let's see there's sadness. Maybe the little girl was afraid. Um, maybe she was confused. So we just uh, allow those emotions to come up and then we use something from neurolinguistic programming where we um, I love it, invite them to visualize seeing that emotion go into a shape and a color. And it could go like an orange triangle or a red ball or a spiky blue you know, like he, it could be, it could be anything. And it's just a place for the energy to go because the energy has been stuck in the body. We're going to go out into a shape and we'll work through whatever emotions come up and then I'll be muscle testing on myself like this muscle testing. Um, any emotions that come up and, and there's oftentimes stories are going to come up. Like I remember my brother did this or my mom did this, or I would hide you know, I would hide in the, in the closet because mom and dad were fighting or whatever it is. And then we'll just allow those things to come forth, not to stay. And again, we're holding that sacred space where it's safe to feel the emotions that we've been suppressing. suppressing. And as we pull out the emotions, we're looking for what are the beliefs? What did I believe about myself or about life and behaviors that I used to, to cope? For me, from a young age, one of them was eating. Like I would eat and I would eat to feel safe in the world. Um, is it that I, people please, you know, is it that I try and control, you know, 
in various ways, whatever it is. And it's going to be different for everybody's stories are different, right? Their teams, you know, and we just explore what are the behaviors and how did that help you? Well, eating helped me feel safe. It gave me uh, something to comfort me, right? Um, but then there were consequences. I got big, but that was also a way to stay safe, right? You know, so we look at what were the benefits? What were the costs? How did it serve you then? Is it serving you now? Is it okay to let go of that behavior and do life in a new way? Is what we're looking for. And we usually went through anywhere from one to three of these, of these scenarios or stories or uh, we call them games, I think is what they called them when I was in school. And, that, and we're pulling them out and putting them in, in shapes and colors as well as any of the emotions. Now anger always comes up and anger is really fun to work with because most of us as children and as females, it's not okay to be angry, right? Mm. It's not okay. So right. we get to express anger through the shapes and colors, through voicing out the anger, you know, talking it out. And um, I can give prompts like, you make me so mad when you do this, or the way I feel inside me is, is, you know, and like fill in the blank, you know, like, let's get it out. And then we do anger videos. When I was going through school, I was also experiencing a fade transition. And so I got to have all this anger at God and everything and express it in, in by burning down houses of worship and things like this and getting big and doing unspeakable things for them. So we'll just call it that. Um, and, and these amazing women held space for me through all these different, different sessions. So the, the, the child, if there's abuse, for example, we want that we are going to give the child the power. It can become superheroes or get big or small, whatever they need to do to, to break free and create safety for themselves in, in our, in, in, in the mind as we're going through the session. So, um, once we've cleared, you know, these emotions and these stories and all these things, there's, there's an energetic shift and also muscle test. And then we'll do what's called a clearing statement and we'll cast all the old emotions and stories and then we'll name them to, to the sun. And if somebody's Christian, that can be Jesus. And if it's, they're not, they can be this guy. It all works the same. It's just a powerful energy source. Cast them to the sun to be replaced, to be repolarized and replaced with, and we'll replace anger with love and mercy. We'll replace, you know, fear with feeling safe and with courage and just replace them with the opposites. And then we bring the higher power. Again, it can be the sun. It can be, for me, it's often like a Hindu gods, Ganesha. I'm a bhakti. I, I chant to these Hindu deities. That's my energy. That's my path at the moment. And whatever your higher power is, the higher comes in and we have connection with that two-year-old, right? How is the higher power showing love to the two-year-old? And then the higher power sends white light to absorb up all the shapes and the colors so they're all gone. And then the, um, I guide the client then as a two-year-old to receive a gift from the higher power. And one of my favorite games in a session was to not know what the, what the gift was and to like hem and haw and like get all stuck in it. Pretty funny. But um, always, the gift always comes through. And, and I don't provide that. That's coming from the client's own inner wisdom from their own connection to source. And, and I say, what is the meaning of this gift? You know, why is your higher power giving you this gift? And then they tell me. And then we also can explore the meanings of the colors, just meanings to colors, and that sometimes adds a little extra something to the meaning of the gift. And then I always say, you know, you back to this moment anytime with your higher power where you got this gift that told you that, you know, you were safe and you were not alone or whatever it is that you needed to hear, whatever came through in that moment. The next part is um, we have an opportunity to have a role play. Let's say there was something that happened with mom or with dad. We could bring mom or dad in or whoever it is, a teacher or brother, sister, in their white light form where they're, they're no, there's no ego present. 
that way there can be a conversation that I can guide you through with them. What did your two-year-old, if you could give your two-year-old voice, could say, you know, mom, when you, when you were always busy and you couldn't spend time with me, the way that I felt was abandoned and alone and not loved. And they can, the, the, you, you as a two-year-old, then can, the client can voice that. And then the mom in this white light space can, without needing to take um, any, can take full accountability and not like diminish it or run away from it. They'd be like, you know, I'm sorry. I never wanted you to feel that way. Right. So they can voice what their mother would say. If they need help, I can kind of help. Like, would she say this, you know, and kind of like, you know, I don't have the answer. I'm just a guide. Let's see what, what would mom say? What do you need to hear from mom in that situation? And it's amazing the healing that can occur through these, these role play scenarios. Katie's nodding her head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. We yeah. had an interesting one when I did it. Yes. I uh, did a, a weekend retreat that um, I attended it, I attended one and, and they went really deep into your inner child and they, how do you do that, that sort of a thing where yeah. you actually like talk to your parents and then uh, you talk to, you know, your partner as if they were your parent and then your parent, your partner talk oh, back yeah. to you as if you were yeah. Anyway, like, it's just like, they literally give you an entire box of tissues. Yes. for this process yes. because it is so emotional. Yeah, um, it really is. I'm really so, interested. Oh, go ahead. I just want to wrap up because there's yeah, a, another quick part. So after we do the role play with anybody that is needed, um, we quickly, we look at what are the, what was the loving intent there? And what, what did you learn? What, what's the growth from the experiences that you had? You know, and who did you come because of this? Are you more compassionate or are you, are you independent and strong because of these experiences? Whatever it was, you know, we'll explore that. And then we, bring the grown up in to be with the young, the young you, the two year old and have a connection there and then age up bringing the gift. So we don't leave you two year old or go, go back out in the world. That would not be fair or <laughs> nice. So we're going to age you back up to present, present day, bringing the gift with you. And then we'll finish up with some affirmations that come directly from the experience. And then if it was an in-person, I would muscle test the affirmation on their arm or over the phone, I muscle test on me for, for the client. So we're bringing you back. It's going to become full circle. Loser. And then for my client, write up some number and, uh, and then I do some um, suggestions for integration that come from the experience. Um, so wow. my, connection, my internet connection is unstable. I hope I'm not going to lose you. It says it's unstable. We're all <laughs> a little froze. unstable today. Yes. <laughs> you, froze for, you froze for just a sec, but if you, okay. freezing, it's fine. Um, okay, good. We got you on this end. All right. So I'm sorry. Yeah, you had a question, Beth. Yeah. So I, I'm really interested. You brought up anger. Uh, and how, it, it, you know, we feel like we're not supposed to be angry and that sort yes. of thing. I actually think of, you know, in the last week, I've, I've had a lot of anger that I have not held yes. back. Um, you know, I had somebody who was a coach who stole my catchphrase and was passing it off as his own. Like, it, was, it was a terrible week. <laughs> and, uh, like, for the first time in the past week, you know, anytime somebody just has, has uh, come to me with nonsense like that, I've just been calling people out on it. And I've just been speaking up for myself and saying, like, this isn't okay. This isn't acceptable. I'm not doing this. Like, we're, no, this isn't okay. And you don't get to act like I should just be chilling okay about the fact that you are passing off what you stole from me. It's not okay. And so... Uh, I am in, I'm not 
normally the kind of person that stays in a confrontational energy very well, very long. And so dealing with all of this, like it's, it's made me face, you know, do a whole lot of facing the shadow side, a whole lot of those sorts of things. And at the same time, I'm thinking about what you were saying about, okay, so we're going to replace the anger with love. And I'm like, no, I need my anger, right? I, I need, you know, I, I don't want it replaced just because I'm in this very right weird space. Right. Um, and so I, I'm curious about your thoughts on what it really means. Cause I know that you're not saying like, don't ever be angry. I know that that's not what you're saying. Um, yes. So what, what, what do you say to that? What do you say to like, how do you, face your anger? How do you face those pieces of yourself and not condemn yourself for having something that feels yucky like that? All right. I'm writing that down because I'm going to come back to that. Um, I've actually, I've actually struggled with that, this piece of the, of, of the technique, you know, of this modality that I learned because I'm like, if there's no part of me that is, as I said, no part of me that's yucky or wrong or needs to be repudiated, you know, what about that? And I remember I did a session not too long ago where I, I actually sort of, instead of using those words, I replace, I integrate and, you know, I integrate and allow. So there's a little bit of shifting in the verbiage. Um, in the case of when we're doing a session, usually this is old energy that we're holding on to. Um, and so it's like, how did how did those things serve me and what was happening at the time and is it okay to let go of them but i i'm very much with what you're saying of like you know am i honoring all my emotions and am i experiencing all my emotions because i've come to the conclusion recently actually just in this past two weeks that i've been on this journey because i believe that i believed that there was something wrong with me because i had this depression and this anxiety and I couldn't function in the world, that there's something wrong with me. And what I've learned only in the last three months, um, gift of quarantine, is that I, instead of identifying as um, somebody who struggles with depression or is depressed or has anxiety or is anxious, I now identify as an adult child of an alcoholic or dysfunctional home. I don't know if you're familiar with ACA. Okay, so I've been in a deep journey with, um, with adult children. So it's a 12-step program. It's not addiction recovery. It's trauma recovery. It's trauma recovery. So I'm, I'm coming back to your question. I'm kind of circling around. Yeah, um, so yeah, I've been, um, somebody, a teacher I was working with, um, a coach, if you will, had, had encouraged me to check out Codependence Anonymous, Dakota. And I went for a few weeks, I think six weeks, and I was like, yeah, yes, but this isn't quite the right thing. And, it, and then somebody else who I met through that coach was like, I, you might want to check out ACA. And I resisted for a little bit, but then Coda was like, it was like, not quite. And so then I went to ACA and I was like, oh, that's what's happening. That's, I'm like, I'm not, you know, there's not something fundamentally wrong with me. I'm just an adult child of an, of an alcoholic for dysfunctional home. The alcoholism is one generation removed. Um, I was a grandmother, but the patterns of alcoholism were present in my family and, and the, you know, the different things. So, uh, 
the purpose of ACA is to shelter and support newcomers in confronting denial. Now I'm way past denial because I've been doing my inner work for several years now to comfort those mourning their early loss of security, trust, and love, and to teach the skills for reparenting ourselves with gentleness, humor, love, and respect. So that's the journey that I'm on now. Um, and it's, it's hard, but it's very rich. So to get back to your question, um, how do you, I wrote it down, see if I got this right. How do you face pieces of yourself? Yeah, I can't read my writing. <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and not condemn yourself, right? Yes. Yes. Not condemn yourself. Um, yeah, that's the work that I'm in right now. Um, for, for me, it's, it's, it's seeing that these, these patterns that I, the fear and the judgment and the, you know, anxiety, that these are just the patterns of behavior that come from that, that young Sharon, all the little Sharons that didn't get seen, whose needs were not met, they're all of that. Now, when it, and, and actually sitting and staying with them. And that's what today, my inner work today looked like. I went out for uh, you know, a little walk to gather flowers for my little altar. It's kind of a, turned into a self-love altar. And, um, and then I could feel something coming on. I could feel you know, so, you know, just this heavy emotions. And a, a month ago, I would have been like, oh, there you go again. We need to fix this. Let's chant. Let's do some yoga. Let's do something to, to make this go away. Even though I knew, I knew better. Um, but I just, you know, it just felt it, if, if I'm healed or if I'm healing, this shouldn't come up again. But now I actually was like, okay, what do you need? Do we need to go inside? Do it's like, it's like, let's get our clothes up. Let's get in bed. Um, let's just like touching my arm, touching my hair, touching my face and my heart. I, I kept, and then I was coming into the future to this, to this conversation we're having now, like, what will I say? And what, how's it going to happen? And like, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to stay present. So I was like, should I get a mirror? I asked my, my children, like, should I get a mirror? So I got a mirror to sit next to me and was like looking in my own eyes and staying in the moment. And then, and then eventually a mantra came through for me to sing and, you know, and just staying with myself until I was like, okay, now I can, now I can move forward. So um, that's maybe a partial answer to your question. Yeah. How does that, that land for you? It, it lands great. I Sorry, I uh, just think about the fact that, like you were saying earlier, we have um, so many of us, especially as women, we've been taught, like, don't be angry, you're supposed to be sweet. Uh, you know, the, the uh, fundamental Latter-day Saints took it to a yes. whole other level. They have their, their saying, keep sweet. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's just this idea that that little girls are supposed to be quiet and they're supposed to be agreeable and they're supposed to never be angry. And while that's an extreme example of it, it's seen throughout so much of society. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so intense. And so as I just think about like all of the parts of my childhood that still continue to play out. I can see certain patterns. It's interesting because I'm like, I'm like, oh well, I had a great grandfather who was an alcoholic, and they were so poor. They lived in tents, and and we haven't had a mentally healthy mother figure in a very long, you know, since this generation. Uh, and I don't know if it was before that, but that's as far back as I know. And um, and then the other thing is, you were just talking about how being with your depression and and allowing it to have space and to to be there it's so interesting to me katie knows this but i 
um, and any listeners who have been listening for a few months know this, I, I recently came to terms with the fact that uh, I'm autistic. And that's one of the interesting things with autism that most people don't know. It's misdiagnosed as depression and anxiety and OCD and um, PTSD and bipolar. It's misdiagnosed as all of these things in women because it looks like it, but it's not. It's, it's that you just get overstimulated by your environment, you get overstimulated by life, overstimulated by executive functioning. And so your body forces you into rest, like major rest so that your nervous system can calm down. And it's not depression, it just looks like it. And so anyway, I just love and appreciate how even though we have different stories, yeah. I feel like, you know, us and so many people who I'm sure are going to be listening or are listening um, are, they're going to just resonate with that, that like, it's not that I'm depressed, it's that I'm in a space where I need to go through this, I need to feel this, I need to, to move through this, so, and not yeah. to shut it down or turn it off. Let the energy move through, and it's, it's, it's hard to do when you've been taught or condition that it's not okay to have the emotion. And I'm, I'm really loving what you said about the autism. I have a friend who educated me on that uh, just a couple years ago, how, you know, oh, I have autism and it doesn't look the same as it does in men and it, you know, it looks, it looks different. And I love that you have a platform to educate people about that. Because yeah. a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I figured it out was because I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I was like, Oh my gosh, this explains my whole life, right? And and even my my best friend, like she texted me the other day, and she's like, "You just don't look autistic." And um and and so I ended up um sending her just today. I sent her three different influencers who are autistic. Who, if you look at them, they look you would never guess. Oh, she's autistic, but women women don't totally look that way. But yeah. That's not this episode. <laughs> right. Well, I did want to go back to what you said about anger. When there are boundaries, anger has a purpose. When there are boundaries that are violated, like with the situation with your son, with the yeah. situation with, the, with uh, the coach stealing your tagline, I mean, that's when anger is appropriate. Then it's like, how do I respond? How do I use this energy to respond in a way that's going to serve, you know, what I want, you know? Yeah. And that's it's so interesting because I hit that wall where I was like, oh, I can continue to, to drive this home and uh, berate Mesa Public Schools, which I can certainly do, and I could get people behind me on that, but I don't believe that anger actually leads to change. I think that it's, it's a catalyst to create change, uh, and we do need catalysts. We absolutely yes. need those, those activists. We need people like that. That's not who I'm meant to be. Um, I'm, I'm meant to change through novel experiences. And, uh, and so anyways, I've had to like have my come to Jesus moment and okay, so now what, what are you going to do with this? Now what are you going to do the with anger, this? Now what do you do with it? So. Anyway. I love it. Yeah. Katie. I'm, I'm interested in knowing, is there any particular type of person that comes to see you like is there you know like is there um what's the word that i'm looking for is it usually somebody who is dealing with depression is it usually somebody who like 
is there kind of a description or is it just any and everybody is who that you deal with? I mean, I'm not saying that you would discriminate, but what is, mm -hmm. what typically comes through your door? I probably people that had similar struggles are going to resonate the most with me. And it'll be interesting to see as I shift, like what, what, you know, who, who is, who is more drawn to, to me in that point. I've worked with kids with kids. It's really fun because we, we actually get out the crayons we color, we make a book, we Aww. color out the emotions. I do it with some adults too. My sister falls asleep on the phone when we're doing sessions. So I make her have the crayons at the ready. I'm like, okay, go get a drink, walk around, come back, get up, use the crayons, you know? Um, but as far as who's drawn to me, um, mostly it's people who, who have um, emotional, uh, emotional trauma or emo uh, struck emotions and it's coming out sideways for them. Um, I've had some people who have come to me because of physical issues, you know, physical pain, because I'm not saying there isn't medical reasons for pain, but a lot of times there's other, it can be, can be purely emotional or both. Um, and so I've had some people see some significant uh, improvement with um, the emotional or with the, you know, addressing the emotional side of the physical issues. Um, I've had uh, one friend who's a coach who just struggled with the line herself to be seen. And we did one powerful session. We got right to the root of it. And she has just taken off like crazy. And it's so exciting to see. Um, there's someone else who I'm trying to decide if I feel how I feel about sharing it. Um, I'll just say it was about a relationship. A close relationship and also the relationship to to the divine and um that was one of the most powerful sessions i've ever done and um and i left that um room and just fell on the floor um in worship of what had happened between us so um and gratitude to have been a part of it um so you know it's it's people who are, are stuck in patterns and in the stuck emotions that I think are, are most drawn to me because that's where I've been. It's, it's, it's been quite a journey. And like I said, it just, it only three months ago, I discovered ACA and like, you know, like, oh, that's why I, I've been trying to build my business. And I just come across, you know, hit this wall of fear and I can't move. And I see people like you and I'm like, but they're doing it. And how do I, how do I do this? And I, and the, all the, the judgment and the shame, but then the fear, the fear, the fear. And I couldn't, move through and now that I'm now that I know that I see um, now that I can see this I see I see the root of these problems I have so much more compassion because it was like well, we've been working on this for five years now for 10 years but five years really hard and you're still you know and, and you've come so far and yet and yet and yet and now it's like I can have this compassion for myself so for me I think what I do well is just to create a, a safe and Katie, I, I'll let you speak to this, but to create a space, a non-judgmental safe space to be held and to experience all the emotions that we've not allowed ourselves to feel otherwise. Yeah, and you do, absolutely. I, I had such an amazing session. I still think and talk about it to this day. Um, so thank you for that. Does, does your ideal candidate or your ideal client um, have to have any previous uh, energy experience or light work stuff like that? No, um, it's 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 interesting because it always works. I mean, if, if people have done inner work, if they've done therapy or any other work, they bring that with them to the session, and I can tell. But for people who've never done anything else before, um, 
it, it, it all, it, it always works. It's amazing. It, it's, it blows my mind every time, you know, it might take a little, you know, I have to follow the energy and, you know, use my intuition to follow and, and inviting the guides and like, where do we need to go with this? And sometimes I think, oh, we're going this way. I, I've seen this before. And it's like, oh, nope, you turn, we're going over this way. You know, it's, it's not me running the show, you know? So, um, well, that's good that they don't necessarily have to have any sort of previous experience no. to come through your door and to talk with you about this, because I think people worry about that sometime, um, you know, when they're going in for different types of therapy and, yeah. and this is an, an interesting type of therapy, right? And I think maybe some people feel a little bit like, well, I've, I've, not, I've not talked about energy before. I don't really know how it works. She's talking about protecting her energy and inviting the white light in. I don't know what that is. But people don't need to know what that is in order to work with you. They don't. They don't need to know. All all that's really need is a little bit of is a willingness and a curiosity and an openness, you know. And what I like to do before I generally before I, I work with the client is to have at least a twenty minute conversation to kind of tell, hear a little bit about where they're coming from, what they are, what their expectations are, what they're wanting, and then you know so I can tell them a little bit more about you know what I do. Of course, now we'll just say, hey, listen to this. Now you'll know, right? Right. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Katie. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and what I'm leaning into doing more now is like we're opening a container to work people to do like three or more sessions, depending on you know, one session can be very powerful. And in your case, it definitely was, as you said, I, I'm feeling called to kind of hold a, a large, uh, uh, a deeper container for people who kind of come from maybe uh, uh, have more, you know, more than just a simple shift that they need to make. Um, but I'm open to that too. I'm like I said, I'm in service to love and whatever love wants. I'm, I'm learning to open to give to that. Awesome. So where can our audience contact you? How can they connect? That's a great question. Um, right now, my business Facebook page, which has been sadly neglected, is find your Phoenix. Um, they can also, um, and that isn't resonating as much as it used to, although I came through in meditation, it, it's shifting. So that could change. So if you're listening to this years down the road, just look for Sharon Osi. That's S H A R O N O S E is the last name. Um, on on Facebook or whatever platform exists, you know, whatever from now, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but for right now, you can also find me at Find Your Phoenix, and you can private message me there, and I will get back to you. And um, and we can see, you know, if if love is calling us to work together, I guess. I love it. Well, you want to hear about something cool before we go? Yeah. I'm always up for something cool. All right. So Beth and I and some of the other ladies of Mom Nation are super passionate about a lot of things, but we're super passionate about um, single moms, like moms transitioning from not being single moms into being single moms mainly. Um, we've kind of all been touched by it. And so we are wanting our audience, your audience, everybody's audience to please, please follow, like, subscribe, download on any platform that they wish to listen to or that they like to listen to podcasts on. We particularly like iTunes, don't we, Beth? We sure do. All right. iTunes is our favorite because most people go there. So it helps us the most. So that's why it's our fave, um, but it really will help us out to get this information, this really great information 
out to the women out there um, also because we want to set up what's called a momune. This is kind of a little name that we gave it. And it, Sharon, you could actually, I hope in the future that you're involved in the momune because I think that you would be a huge player. Um, basically what it is, is we're creating a resource for these moms that are transitioning into becoming single mothers. And, um, you know, it, our hope is that we'll be able to offer interim housing so that they could be housed for a temporary amount of time, free of charge to them, just so that they can kind of get back on their feet. It's not a handout, but a hand up. It's not, it's a temporary thing. Um, but we're hoping to have a few moms that are in this sort of little community where they can help each other too, maybe with babysitting, you know, this mom's got to work, this one isn't working, shift the kids, whatever it is. But we also want to offer resources, Sharon, like mental health resources, like um, addiction therapy. Um, also, maybe they need some help writing a resume, maybe, you know, some help getting a, a good outfit together to go in an interview. Maybe they need some interview skills just so that they can breathe and relax for a moment, get the stuff that they need in order to get back on their feet again quickly, because it is scary. I come from, my mom was a single mom at 17 years old. You know, it is scary hitting the streets with a kid and in some cases being a kid yourself and not, and, and having these obstacles that are very difficult to overcome and trying to make it happen for you and your kid or kids. Um, it's just, it's such a struggle and you know, Beth, I don't know of any resource out there like that for, for these moms that are going through this transition. So it's a big, big bite, Sharon, and we're looking to do it here in Phoenix first because of course this is where we are located, um, but we're looking to create this. And so the more Amazing. people, right? Doesn't it sound so awesome? Yeah. I, I always feel like I don't explain it all the way and my heart just explodes and says, well, tell them this and tell them that and tell them this. Um, but I mean, you know, if they need an attorney, a family attorney to talk to, like we just want to bring all the resources in so that they are just at the fingertips uh, of, for these moms so that they can get back to living life and, and get over these obstacles that they have. That is amazing. Yes. So that is our life's goal. Um, and we've already begun. Of course, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. And we have already begun sort of uh, assimilating the pieces that need to fit in order to make it happen. So please, everybody, please. That's all we ask. Just follow us, like us, subscribe, rate us. Great review. Yes. yes. And share us with your friends. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sharon, well, I feel like we could have talked for days. Seriously. Yeah. This, this was so amazing. I, and just having shared, shared, you know, like playing in my passions and connecting to my inner child made this, it is what made this happen. So I'm, I don't even have the words to how grateful I am um, and how excited I am. And when you, you know, well, you saw how I responded to your, <laughs> to your, your, your request, <laughs> not appropriate for a family show. Um, bleep, bleep. So, excited. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm just excited and, and would love, and I'm excited for your vision for a mom. You and I've had, I've known some people recently who've gone through that transition and I know how hard it is. And I know, I don't know personally how hard it is, but I've seen their struggles and seen, you know, what, you know, just watching, you know, from the outside, what they've gone through. And, uh, I think that would be just amazing to be part of that. Thank you. 
Well, it's coming to a Phoenix near you sometime in the future. <laughs> Phoenix. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. All right, ladies. It was awesome seeing both of your beautiful faces. Thank you again, Sharon. Thank you, as always, to my lovely co-host. Hey, maybe next time we're on, she might have a different hair color. You never know. Uh, no, not yet. The following one in two, <laughs> in two episodes. You heard it here, folks. Two episodes, new hair color. What will yes. she do now? <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. So much. Bye. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation. Moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 bump. They make a nation. Bump, this is a mom nation.